Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is Q&A number 71. Before we get into today's questions, big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. And if you listened to Monday's episode, you heard founder Andy Blow talk about the latest in hydration and nutrition research and practice. And that was a great one. So if you missed it, make sure you go back and listen to that one. And it also is a great introduction to Precision Hydration as a company, they do so much more than just uh, manufacture electrolyte products, but they act like hydration consultants and bringing the best and most reliable information to the masses, as you could hear in that interview with Andy Blow. You can get 15% off your order with the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW15. And again, the website is precisionhydration.com. And thank you to Roka. And here we have an announcement, a new code or a new way to use the 20% discount that we've had for a long time. But since the code tends to be spread on the interwebs on various dubious coupon code websites... We have a new system to prevent that, which is a designated landing page that you can go through to get your 20% discount code. This landing page is roca.com forward slash TTS, and that will prevent people that are not really listeners of the podcast from using the podcast listeners coupon. So roca.com forward slash TTS to get 20% off your order of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, and prescription glasses. Sorry for the quite a few recent changes in the codes and the system we've had, but uh, I think that with this setup that we have, with this designated landing page, it, we will be able to keep that going for a long time now with uh, the same uh, same sort of system. And uh, before we get into today's questions, one house cleaning item. I am back in Portugal recording now after spending three months in Finland while my apartment was being renovated. And you can probably hear a bit of an echo in this episode. I am recording in a very empty, clean but empty space at the moment. So there's really nothing to absorb the sound. So it's probably going to be a bit more echoey than usual. And uh, hopefully with time I'll be able to uh, get the podcast set up set up in a way that reduces the echo but uh, apologies for uh, for this episode in advance if you find that it's a bit more echoey than usual but let's get into today's questions which uh, all have something to do with uh, double workouts in one way or another so that's a bit of a theme and uh, the first question here comes from uh, guy who writes hi michael thank you for continuing to produce excellent content I have a quick question about fitting short, fast swim intervals into my training. I am moving up from 7.3 to full Ironman this season. A typical training week consists of four bike rides, five runs, one main strength session, and two swims. The first swim is with a group on Monday mornings, typically a bit over three kilometers, and it's always threshold and endurance work, lots of intervals between 200 to 400 meters. The only other day I can get to the pool during the winter is uh, Thursday afternoon when I swim by myself. This is where my question comes in. I want to incorporate some speed work of 25 and 50 meter intervals into my training, but Thursday mornings I 
do my quality run which is some kind of hill track or hard threshold session and i'm wondering if doing high intensity twice in day is asking for trouble should i a do both hard workouts and see if i can recover for the weekend b just do long slow distance in the pool on thursdays or c occasionally sprinkle some short stuff into the swims but only when i'm feeling fresh perhaps you have a different opinion altogether Uh, i would love to hear your thoughts up until now i have been doing option b swimming two to three kilometers continuously as my main set thanks again all right guy thank you for uh, the question so uh, yeah the crux of of this question here just to summarize uh, guy is doing a hard run workout in the morning and has an afternoon swim and the question is does it make sense to do uh, incorporate intensity in that swim or should it be an easy endurance based swim and generally speaking my answer is that it's absolutely possible to do two intense workouts in a day and uh, the more important question than if you can do two intense workouts in a day is uh, the overall complexity of the microcycle and how manageable the amount of volume and intensity you do over a period of 7 to 14 days or so is so uh, for one day you can absolutely do two intense workouts can you do it for a week two intense workouts per day probably not and uh, not in a ma- sustainable way anyway so uh, so i don't think that you should be afraid of doing two hard workouts on one single day uh, again it comes back to managing uh, the the microcycle so at, at a slightly slightly bigger scale than on a daily uh, daily basis and uh, it's something that many athletes are doing regularly of course both age groupers and professionals and many coaches actually do like to stack intense workouts meaning having two intense workouts on one day and then maybe the following day is uh, just endurance based with no intense workouts uh, so that kind of spreads out the intensity or fewer days of the week even though you might be doing as many intense sessions but on the other hand it also gives you those days where you're only doing easy endurance work so there are two different ways to do that both options work of course and uh, joel filial for example is a great example of somebody who talked about not stacking workouts when i interviewed him uh, back in episode 170 something person personally i do have a slight preference for stacking workouts like this and then getting some more days that are free from intensity for the athletes that i coach but for some athletes we do go the other way of uh, of not stacking so it's all individual and you'll find out soon enough when when you try this uh, so uh, you you need to just go and do and do it go and try it and see figure out how you react uh, since your only option to swim is on that first day and you're swimming twice per week generally i would definitely recommend that uh, you include intensity in at least some of your first day swims not necessarily all of them some can 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 be completely endurance based even though i wouldn't recommend swimming two to three kilometers continuously even in an endurance swim i would do something a bit more um, broken up into into various parts even though you don't have to make it complicated but the risk with swimming is always that you lose focus when you're swimming just such a long distance straight so that's why even if you're breaking it up into 30 times 100 with five seconds rest it probably makes for a bit a better quality session even if all is still endurance based either way uh, the the point i was going to make here is that 
I do think that some of your first day swims need to have intense or should have intensity in them, uh, since you don't have that speed work, as you say, in the the group swims that you do either. So speed work is one option, and uh, that could be, as you say, short twenty fives, maybe fifties, and uh, recoveries would be long. So long, so or the work to rest ratio would be low so high high rest for a little work in terms of duration but you could also consider i don't think that it always has to be that sort of speed speed work uh, i don't know if that's the way you meant it because sometimes speed work can be quite an, an ambiguous term uh, but uh, i do think that maybe something even more useful would be to do vo2 max type of sessions so those could be intervals of 50 meters 100 meters all the way up to 200 perhaps and uh, the work to rest ratio would be slightly higher so for example a typical example here could be 10 times 100 on 45 second recoveries that would be a staple vo2 max workout uh, best best effort for the pure speed work just to give another example here something like three sets of four times 25 meters all out with 45 to 60 second passive recovery between reps and five minutes or more five to ten minutes of active recovery between sets would be an example so the goal then for you would be to first try what you can do like how you react to the swim after having done the hard run in the morning and uh, then Try to optimize for actually being able to do this kind of work, these kinds of workouts regularly in that first day swim. Again, some might be endurance swims on some of your first days, but sometimes you would want to have that intensity seeing as you're only swimming twice per week uh, and the other one is fixed. So, so try to make sure that you do everything around training right, like eating well, hydrating well, sleeping well, and so on. And that will help you recover quicker uh, especially eating after that run and eating through the day and hydrating through the day will be really important between those workouts to make sure that you bounce back quickly uh, another important point is do not sell yourself short i mentioned it don't be afraid of of uh, doing two intense workouts uh, on a day on a given day you can most likely do this and uh, but as with anything it might feel very hard and difficult at first but the more you get used to it, the better you will become. So uh, just one final point here with uh, the, I guess, the uh, distribution of endurance swimming and uh, harder swimming on those first day runs. So you mentioned that you do do some endurance swimming on Mondays, but also threshold swimming. So I don't quite know how much of aerobic endurance swimming you get in in that session. Uh, so with that being said, it's probably like a, fairly moderate amount or or actually a small amount given that threshold sets can be pretty long so you're probably spending quite a bit of that monday group swim on the actual threshold stuff that you mentioned that you're doing so maybe an, an example template plan would be every every other first day you focus more on endurance and but then you could also combine that with that very short and sharp speed work that i mentioned those 25s with long uh, long recoveries and uh, and then every other first day is uh, a vo2 max set that i mentioned so for example the 10 times 100 
So uh, you would still be able to get in some endurance in that VO2 max session as well, but slightly less than you would in a speed session where you might not even do three of those sets of four times 25. You might do two times four times 25 and, and that's it basically for your speed work. The rest can be spent on endurance. So I hope that this helps, Guy. Uh, good luck with uh, moving up to the long distance. The next question is from Gareth in Houston, Texas, who writes, uh, Dear Michael, great podcast, always incredibly informative. I really enjoyed your conversation with uh, David Bishop. With respect to training twice a day, do you think it might be less stressful for triathletes since we are generally doing two different sports and therefore using different muscles that might not be glycogen depleted or fatigued uh, in the second session? Thanks. So that's an interesting question. Thank you for it, uh, by the way. Uh, I think that between running and cycling, we are still using our legs, even though, of course, as you know, the individual contribution of various muscle groups is slightly different. But I really don't think in terms of muscle glycogen, it makes too much of a difference. We are still using all of our, our legs completely and all our muscles are involved in some way. So, uh, so I do think that, for example, a morning bike session will cause a similar glycogen depletion in the muscles for an afternoon run as a morning run would do if they, if that morning run slash morning bike would be of similar duration and intensity. With swimming, however, I think that uh, it makes sense logically that an hour of hard swimming doesn't use as much glycogen in your leg muscles as an hour of hard running or riding would. Uh, I'm not aware if this has been studied at all, uh, so I can't really comment on, on that, but I just think that it makes logical sense, as I think you'll probably agree. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, I do feel that, except for very, very good swimmers, swimming does impact running and riding from an energy-feeling perspective, despite using very different muscles, in a similar way as riding and running does. And this is purely anecdotal, but it's what it feels like to me, like when I've done a, a hard swim in the morning and I go out and do an afternoon run, I feel like I did some hard work, even though I'm using completely different muscles. I feel if I haven't, especially if I haven't fueled well enough, and we're not talking about completely neglecting fueling, we're talking about maybe I wasn't slight, like completely on top of that the way uh, I would have needed to be, and then I can immediately feel it, that I feel that sort of... Uh, my legs being a bit a bit flat and a bit empty or that you that that the feeling you get when you are low on glycogen so so this is anecdotal but it's what it feels like to me and many athletes and coaches i talk to so and i don't know why that might be but personally i would definitely actually count on there being some level of uh, muscle glycogen depletion even in your non-specific muscle groups um, from a swim for a run or the other way around or for a bike between biking and swimming as well even though it uh, it isn't completely clear to me at least logically or mechanistically why that might be at this point but i do think that anecdotally the way it feels i do think that there is definitely even though there are different sports different muscle groups at least to some level it still does happen but uh, there are some other aspects where I think that twice-a-day workouts may be less stressful for us triathletes compared to single-sport athletes. And the first and obvious one is the stress on tissue. So running for one hour and then swimming for one hour is uh, 
obviously going to be less stressful for the running muscles and joints and bone in the lower body compared to doing two times one hour runs in the same day. This, I think, is the main reason that triathletes can do a train at so large volumes because it's just easier to remain healthy when you split 30 hours of training at the elite end or three different disciplines than uh, or just one discipline and even the one of our sports running is much more strongly associated with injury than cycling or swimming i still think that 30 hours of only swimming or only cycling is a lot of one one repetitive specific stress that can be very difficult for the body to recover from compared to 30 hours of swimming biking and running and for more on the impact that training load has and the recovery of tissue uh, from training stress definitely go and listen to episode 209 called injury prevention and rehabilitation with uh, james uh, debenham uh, that uh, episode is really really good in for explaining what's going on and how tissue reacts to training stress but the second reason that uh, training three different disciplines might be beneficial for us triathletes is the central nervous system fatigue so if we're firing each motor pattern less total times compared to our single sport counterparts then the central fatigue should end up potentially being quite significantly reduced compared with uh, doing the same sport over and over again for a similar total duration so it's basically a similar argument to the previous one about t- tissue, but in this case, it is about motor neurons and how the extended use of motor neurons and having them fire uh, very repetitively for, for long durations each day uh, that can cause a reduction of motor cortical excitability and central drive, which is what happens when uh, we experience central fatigue this is a very complex topic and uh, i don't think that i know enough about it to speak with uh, any super high confidence on whether this theory holds up that we might experience less central fatigue than other sports so take it for what it is it's my personal theory uh, nothing that i can confirm with any science uh, but uh, yeah that's uh, that's another reason why there may be benefits of doing for, or it may be less stressful for triathletes to do uh, twice a day training compared to single sport athletes. On the other hand, uh, I don't think that we should underestimate the cognitive load that doing three sports has compared to doing one single sport. So if you think about going out for two runs, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, compare that with gearing up for a bike ride and then heading to the pool and all the preparation and uh, things that go into that. I would argue that the difference is huge and that generally uh, triathlon and multi-sport has a significantly higher cognitive load than just focusing on one sport. And cognitive load is a massively important aspect of training and adaptation to training that I think is often uh, underestimated. So so I would say that perhaps we, even though we have a couple of, we had a couple of cases for why twice a day workouts might be less stressful for triathlete but uh, i'm not sure i think that this argument for why it might be more stressful kind of uh, evens the evens the score again so in conclusion i i just want to stress that i have absolutely no data or research to back uh, these different aspects or theories up with they are my hunches my guesses only but I think that in terms of muscle glycogen, that it's pretty much a wash between doing uh, 
triathlon or doing a single sport maybe there are some small positive differences for triathletes because swimming might not be quite as depleting for running as running or cycling would be but i actually don't think that they're very big differences in terms of tissue stress stress and recovery i definitely think that there's a big advantage for triathlon for central fatigue i think that there is a possible advantage for triathletes but uh, this is uh, a working theory <laughs> nothing nothing that i can uh, speak confidently about and uh, the cognitive load aspect it, i think likely puts triathletes at a big disadvantage for how stressful uh, twice a day workouts is and just the sport in general uh, but uh, it's an interesting question and uh, made me think so thank you very much for sending it in and then the final question, and I've lost the name of the person asking, but the question is, does weight training on a double workout day have negative effects on training adaptation from the other workout? I usually do my endurance training early in the morning and on suitable weekdays, I do a 25 minute gym workout during my lunch break. If I do, for example, a high power, high cadence bike workout in the morning and a gym session consists of heavy weights, do these completely different workouts overwrite the adaptations from each other? If so, should weight training be done together with only certain type endurance training or completely isolated? Or do I continue like before? Thanks for the help and awesome podcast. So thanks for the question. I will refer to my own article here as I think Although it's uh, approaching two years old by now, it still stands the test of time. It's uh, Triathlon Strength Training in 2018. Uh, I'll link to that in the episode description. And when we're doing endurance training and strength training, the research term, the scientific term is concurrent training. And interference between the different modalities, between strength resistance training and endurance training is present and to some extent it's always going to be present there but the extent to which it's present and the interference here refers to how the one modality uh, affects adaptations from the training in the other modality the extent to of that interference depends on a large number of things and i think it's very important to remember that interference does not mean that most of the effects go to waste if you're smart about how you structure your training it probably only means that a very minor detrimental effect of the adaptations to the training modalities involved will uh, be seen and you will get most of the benefits that you could have had. So that's that's the goal with uh, planning and structuring your, your training. So interference between strength and endurance training is maximized when the following conditions are true. One, you do endurance and strength training in close proximity to each other. Two, the endurance session is of high intensity, 90% or more of VO2 max. Three, the strength training session lies on the high reps or at least mod reps side of the spectrum as opposed to low reps. And four, the athlete is not used to doing concurrent training. So we can so kind of reverse those uh, conditions to as much as possible and making sure that we avoid interference. So first, the more you do concurrent training, your body will adapt to it and get less sensitive to interference effects just by you getting used to doing both uh, endurance training and resistance training. And that's important to remember. Second, 
avoid doing the sessions in close proximity to each other. Uh, I do think that the way you do it now, morning and lunch, is perfectly fine. Uh, perhaps even better would be morning and after work in the afternoon. But always remember, done is better than perfect. If lunch works better for you logistically, that's your time window. No problem. Go for it. Uh, what's uh, often cited in research is an eight-hour window between the sessions will put you very much in the green to avoid interference. But uh, morning and lunch, I would argue, are very, very greenish. So so that's perfectly fine. And I can't stress enough that it's better to do it than to not, not do it. And uh, personally, as an example, I went a year and a half that I always did my gym training right after 90 minutes of hard swimming. And it wasn't ideal by any means, but it was my best alternative log logistically. Uh, the, the only way that I could ensure that I got my strength training in with where I was living and other logistical challenges, etc. So it was definitely worth doing it. It I could have had more benefits from the strength training if it had been done in the evening, but uh, I, I would have been much more likely to skip the session and it would have been much more stressful, uh, if nothing else, from a cognitive load standpoint to have to commute again back to the gym. So, uh, so do keep that in mind. And the third thing that you should do is... Uh, you can do a hard endurance session uh, before doing your strength and conditioning. But uh, ideally, if you have the option to plan it a little bit, don't go all the way to close to VO2 max as your intensity. Go a bit lower. You can go at ride at threshold or run at threshold and that sort of thing. But avoid those really hard 90 plus percent of VO2 max efforts. And that might give you, uh, give you a small benefit for avoiding interference. That being said, I've many, many times done VO2 max workouts and strength training on the same day. I prescribed it as well. Sometimes that's the, the only way to fit fit everything in and i don't think that it has a huge impact necessarily i think that the more important one is that once you've done it for a few weeks and you have done your you have gotten your adaptation to concurrent training as mentioned in the first point at that point it starts to make less and less of a difference what type of training you're doing for your endurance session and finally fourth for the strength resistance training go for mostly choosing a high weight low rep training training uh, strategy and this is not just for avoiding interference it's actually mostly for because as we've talked about many many times on this podcast it's mostly because that's the kind of strength training that has been showed shown to generate uh, performance improvements in endurance athletes in particular through improved exercise economy so it does work out perfectly. It's uh, the kind of strength training that you should be doing to improve as an endurance athlete, but it's also the kind of strength training that minimizes interference with endurance training. So to sum up, by no means does concurrent training completely overwrite the adaptations of the work done, done uh, and it's nowhere near it, in fact. But there is some interference present. There will be, always will be, and it does make sense to try to minimize it, first and foremost, by... Uh, trying to separate the workouts with uh, a large enough time window. Uh, but secondly, uh, kind of also thinking about what kind of endurance training and strength training you are doing on that double workout day. But uh, importantly, keep in mind that your body will become less and less sensitive to interference the more you do concurrent training. 
So I hope that this helps. And uh, that's it for today's episode. A link in the episode description to the other episodes and articles mentioned so you can check them out. Keep sending in questions for future Q&A episodes to michael at scientifictriathlon.com. And that's Michael with a K. And if you are interested in the coaching, training plans, and other products and services we offer on scientifictriathlon.com, check out our website, scientifictriathlon.com. Big thanks to our sponsors, Precision Hydration, that you can find on precisionhydration.com. If you haven't already, do try out their free hydration plan. That's a series of questions, a simple quiz that you can answer in a few minutes, and it will give you a good estimate for how much sweat sodium you lose in your sweat and how much you sweat and based on that it will calculate your hydration and electrolyte needs for your goal race you can get 15% off their products with the promo code that triathlon show 15 and big thanks to roca for sponsoring the podcast Go to roca.com forward slash TTS to get your 20% discount off their wetsuits, trisuits, swim skins, goggles, and high-performance eyewear and prescription glasses and get your equipment in order for the new season. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.